This is the best of the week on Relevant Radio. Now, in the final weeks of the liturgical year, as we get ready for Advent, Holy Mother Church has featured uh, the second coming of Christ in the Mass readings and uh, the Gospels, which reminds me of uh, the rapture, the popular doctrine that uh, some fundamentalist Protestants and evangelicals believe on the end times that doesn't agree with the traditional Catholic position on the second coming of Christ. Now, the idea behind the rapture is that Christ will come Uh, And those of us who are believers will be caught up to God, and those who don't believe will be left behind. In fact, Left Behind is the name of a popular series of books that came out over 25 years ago and sold over 80 million copies. So a lot of people uh, believe in the rapture. And that's not to mention the late Great Planet Earth series from the 1970s that sold over 40 million copies. I recently have been uh, seeing uh, some commercials on Netflix. Network television promoting yet another book on the rapture called The Great Disappearance. Listen to, to part of this spot. When the rapture occurs, the world will capture the moment. Cell phones, security cameras, law enforcement body cams, doorbell cams, and more will all bear video record of the great disappearance. The world will reel with concern from watching the strange, mind-boggling and unbelievable video footage that goes viral across the globe. People vanish before their eyes and all caught on camera. And that's just a part uh, of the spot, uh, which makes you think of uh, why this idea of of the rapture can be so captivating and yet dangerous spiritually uh, for so many Catholics and other Christians. Joining us live this morning from Eagle Pass, Texas, is our resident Catholic apologist, William Albrecht, uh, to examine the rapture and explain the Catholic position on the rapture and what the Bible really teaches about the end times. William is a former Protestant and international speaker and debater, and he's participated in well over 70 live and moderated debates. He runs a website, uh, patristicpillars.com, which is dedicated to the early church fathers. Brother William, thank you so much for joining us once again. It's great that you're here. It is great to be with you and really great to be able to talk about, in my opinion, a vitally important topic, brother. It is a topic that at one point in my life, back when I was Protestant, At one point, I believed in this, and indeed, as you know very well, I'm a convert from Protestantism, so a lot of my friends and, well, yep, family still believe in the rapture, and it really is a teaching that we're going to see really has no basis in the Bible. What is uh, your reaction to that little spot that you just heard? Yeah, it truly, really is pretty much rapture propaganda, and it really does remind me Back in the day when I would hear about those left behind books, they were incredibly popular. But, you know, believe it or not, they're still popular today. And the idea that there is going to be a rapture where believers are going to be spared of any kind of trials and tribulations. And indeed, they're going to be caught up with the Lord. Others will be left behind and there's going to be a thousand year reign or Let me not shock you, brother. You may not be shocked. There are many different views. Some believe in different amounts of years of the tribulation on earth that is going to occur. But what is consistent with all of them is the belief, those that hold to the belief of the rapture, believe that believers are going to be caught up and they're going to avoid 
any kind of tribulation, and I've got to be very clear, this kind of message of avoiding trials and tribulations goes against the message of the cross. Our Lord tells us we must take up our cross, and in my humble opinion, brother, I think that really foregoes the true heart and message of the gospel of our Lord. Well, it, it is really uh, fascinating. I mean, you, you didn't see it because we just played the audio, but uh, in that spot that that uh, we, we just played, you actually see like uh, the, the mailman delivering the mail, and all of a sudden the guy just poof, disappears, and his yeah. cell phone lands on the sidewalk, and, you know, people disappearing <laughs> out of airplanes and, you know, in church, and just the whole idea is so novel. I mean, the church uh, for the first uh, 19 centuries didn't know anything about the rapture. This is a totally something really relatively new. Can you explain uh, the origin of, of this novel rapture uh, theory, uh, something that was absolutely not taught by the early church fathers also? Without a doubt. Now, when we think of the word rapture, we get that from the Latin word rapimur, which does appear in the Bible. It appears in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. We can find that word in the Latin Vulgate, but we've got to be very clear. What the Bible says about a rapture and what those that really picked it up in the mid to late 1800s, because it really got off the ground around 1830, from a man by the name of John Nelson Darby. He really got it, got the movement off the ground. He teaches the rapture we were talking about right now, that, that they're going to be people, believers, caught up in the air with the Lord. Then there's going to be a tribulation period where a long period occurs where there are trials and tribulations and all kinds of chaos going on but the followers are going to be raptured they're going to be taken away and avoid it all well the way the bible uses that word rapture appears in 1 thessalonians 4 16 to 17 and it doesn't use it the way that person invented his teaching to teach indeed what does first thessalonians say it tells you uh, for this we say to you, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord." Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, brother, they take that, 1 Thessalonians 4, they say, look, there we go, we've got a rapture. But in reality, this is the end times, the end of times, the end of the world where everything is going to be consummated. This doesn't tell you anything that they say. This doesn't say, oh, well, they're going to avoid it. Christians will avoid trials and tribulations. Oh, we're going to be caught up, and then there's going to be a thousand-year tribulation. Brother, I've got to be very clear. None of that is in the text. What is in the text is the fact that, well, hey, there's going to be a second coming. And at that second coming, then the world will end. And in fact, uh, we heard uh, this reading from First Thessalonians four sixteen and seventeen uh, just uh, a week ago Sunday uh, in the mass readings, and uh, there's obviously a Catholic position which is totally different than this uh, innovative uh, Protestant uh, position uh, of those who believe in the rapture of just this verse alone. Without a doubt, brother, and I think the one important thing that people tend to forget is that First Thessalonians four. 
and five are directly connected. Indeed, in the ancient biblical manuscripts, it was a free-flowing text. The chapters and divisions were not created until later, until later the Catholic Church said, let us add this chapter for better clarity, this division here. But four and five are directly connected. And what do we read in chapter five? Paul tells you, you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Remember, when Paul talks about the day in Thessalonians and 1 Corinthians, the day is judgment day. And he tells you right there, for when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them. And look at this. They shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. He's telling them, be prepared for judgment day. But guess what? You will suffer trials and tribulations. This, brother, is a biblical teaching. And we've got to be very clear. We, we love our evangelical friends. We call them to the fullness of the faith. But the belief in this rapture kind of teaching really goes against the biblical message. It's not uh, biblical, it's not historical, and it's not logical. In fact, as I mentioned uh, at the beginning, you know, for the first, uh, you know, 19 centuries of, of our uh, church, there was no teaching of the rapture. It's almost like they just kind of invented it and pulled yeah. it out of thin air based on uh, some verses that are improperly uh, interpreted. Without a doubt. And that really truly is unfortunate because if this particular teaching was never taught by a single church writer all throughout church history, what does that tell you? That tells you that. And, and let me let the audience know. Remember, we have writers that are called early church fathers that were taught by the apostles or a successor of the apostles. And guess what? All throughout early church history, we have their writings in the late first century, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. Why is it that not a one of them, not a one teaches a pre-tribulation rapture? Remember, the belief that Christians, those that follow our Lord, will be taken up from the earth before the time of the tribulation and the second coming. You don't find even one of them teach it. And indeed, brother, there is one who was, as we know, the great St. Irenaeus. They say that he taught it. And we have the text right before us. Not a single early father ever taught this because remember our Lord's words in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Our Lord tells us you will have tribulation, but take peace in me. But we are not to ever pretend that this rapture is even a, a possibility because the Bible tells us otherwise. And of course, in recent years, in the last 20 to 40 years, millions, you know, over 100 million people have read these books on the rapture. Most of them Protestant Christians, but many Catholics have read them and they get confused about this. We're talking about the rapture because here at the end of the church year, we've only got a few more days to go before Advent, the church's readings are all about the second coming of Christ and the end at times, William. Without a doubt. And, and brother, let me be very clear. The idea that the rapture is going to occur, it was taught by 
John Nelson Darby and followers afterwards that it would be a secret coming of Christ. Now, where on earth is First Thessalonians secretive? Because the great St. Paul tells us that the coming will be announced by the cry of an archangel. Now, that's pretty incredible, because if you're going to argue for a secret coming, you wouldn't be talking about the cry of an archangel and a trumpet blast. Rather, St. Paul is very clear. He's talking about the resurrection of the dead that will take place at Christ's second coming. How do we know that? Look elsewhere where Paul tells you in 1 Corinthians 15, 22. He says, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But when is this, brother? Verse 23, each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward, those who are Christ at his coming. Then verse 24, then comes the end. There's no way around that in the Greek, in the English as well. How do you get around that? Then comes the end. That is the end of times, brother. And the Bible could not be clearer. There is no rapture anywhere in the Bible. And uh, obviously, and not only St. Paul talks about uh, the uh, archangel's call, but it's also written about uh, in the the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 24, when it talks about the angels with a loud trumpet call. Again, talking about uh, the, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Without a doubt, and indeed important, because we read there, The Son of Man will appear, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man. Look at that. They're going to be mourning. But hey, I thought that everybody was, all the believers would avoid the tribulation. Rather, we read, they will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. But look at that. That is hearkening directly to Daniel 7, which talks about the everlasting kingdom of our Lord, where his followers will be gathered. But here's the important thing. When is that talking? It it uses the Greek word ionios, for everlasting, one that will not end. And it is talking about the end of times. You brought up a great passage, brother, because in verse 29 of St. Matthew's Gospel, you read that there is a tribulation. Matthew 24, 29, a tribulation. We are not going to avoid any kind of trials and tribulations. And that truly is why we need to cling close to Holy Mother Church and partake of the sacraments and get to Mass and, hey, and listen to Relevant Radio because this is where you find the meat and potatoes of the gospel being taught. Like what you just heard? Share it with your family and friends. And thanks for listening.